Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, you beautiful yarn lovers. I hope you're having a wonderful day. I am Caleb Hardy, the host of Crocheting Rolls, the podcast, and you are listening to Crocheting Rolls, the podcast, episode five. So today is actually kind of funny because today is my birthday. Well, not the day I'm recording this, but the day I'm publishing this, February 2nd, I'm turning 15, and today's my fifth podcast. So you know, like the five digits? Okay, that sounded a lot cooler in my head, but you know what? It's okay. Today we are talking about the do's and don'ts of crocheting, but before we get into today's short story and in today's podcast, I have been asking you guys, a lot of you guys actually, my friends, my followers for feedback, and everyone has been saying the same two things. One of them was, talk a lot slower, and the other one is, show emotion, don't talk like a robot the whole time. So today, our goal is to talk slower and show emotion. Now, I've been working on talking slower, but I think that one's going to take a little longer. So today's main focus is to show more emotion. So I'm going to try my best not to talk like a robot and to, you know, be fun with it because who doesn't want to have fun? It's a podcast. Let's do this. So before we start with today's podcast of do's and don'ts of crocheting, I'm already talking fast already. Okay, I'm going to... Okay, hi, let's start over. I'm Caleb Hardy. I talk slow now. But before we get into today's podcast, we are going to do today's short story, funny short story, actually. So today's funny short story is, <laughs> it's a bit of a mess. And here's what happened. So actually yesterday, Joanne's, you know, my favorite place in the whole entire world, was having a sale on their Big Twist yarn. And if you don't know what Big Twist yarn is, you got to get in the scoop because Big Twist yarn is one of my favorite worsted weight yarns that I have ever used in my life, besides Hometown by Lion Brand. Those two are my two favorites. So Joann's usually sells Big Twist for around $4, but today they were on sale for $1.74. And $1.74 in 2020 is very, very cheap, especially when it comes to yarn. And just to like show you guys a visual, the blanket yarn that I use costs $13 just for one skein. So to get this skein of worsted weight yarn for only $1.74, you know I was about to do a whole yarn haul that I was not even expecting to do. So I first came in and I was like, well, I want to make my friends some beanies because I just got a knitting machine and someone told me that this yarn is really good for the knitting machine. So I'm just going to get a couple colors just to make them beanies. And after that, I was like, well, you know, I can make some other stuff for my Etsy shop. And after that, I was like, well, there's some more things I have in mind that I saw on Pinterest. And in less than 30 minutes, my cart was full to the top. I'm not even lying. My cart was full to the top with yarn. And this was skinny yarn too. So you can imagine how many skeins were in there. But if you didn't see it on my Instagram story, I'm going to post it on TikTok and my Instagram reel so you guys can kind of have a visual of how much yarn I bought because it is insane. I don't know why I let myself do that. And my mom also didn't know why I did that. So she had a little something to say. She was like, Caleb, you're not spending more than $40. So I did the calculations and I was about, at, and I was around $50. 
So I was like, it's okay, just $10 over. She did not think the same way. So she was at one end of the cart and I was at the other end. And we started doing a whole tug of war in the middle of Joanne's. And this is not like the friendly tug of war you see at school where they're like, oh, good job, guys. As long as you have fun. No, this was a you better put the yarn back or you're going to be in some serious trouble type of tug of war. But I was like, trouble, we'll see type of tug of war. So we were going back and forth, pulling on the cart. She was trying to pull it back into the aisle so I could put the yarn back and I was trying to pull it out of the aisle so I can go to the cash register and I'm I could you not guys I'm not even lying this literally happened you can even ask her if you want well I don't know how you would ask her but this happened and so in the end I did have to end up putting a couple skeins of yarn back but it was okay because my cart was still pretty full and I only ended up spending $37 and $37 is so good for a full cart of yarn because it cost me $37 just to buy three skeins of blanket yarn. So if you guys are wondering why I bought so much worsted weight yarn if I only use blanket yarn, I just gotta say stay tuned on my Instagram because there's gonna be a lot of new things coming near the end of February. So yeah, that was today's short story about, you know, going on a yarn haul and playing tug of war with my mom in the middle of the Joanne store. But we win some, we lose some. In this case, I lost some. But I also won some yarn, so it's a it's a win-win-lose-lose kind of situation. But now, let's talk about the do's and don'ts of crocheting. So in today's podcast, we're going to be focusing on crocheting in general, like just like a broad subject. I'm not going to focus just on granny squares or focus just on blankets or focus just on amigurumi, but I'm just going to kind of do do's and don'ts for everything. And maybe later in the future, I'll do do's and don'ts for specific things like blankets and bucket hats and cool things like that. So the first thing that many people don't do, but they actually need to do is starting off the project correctly. Now, whether you're doing a magic circle or a chain magic circle start or a foundation row or a row of slip knots with chains or whatever you're doing, you have to start your project off correctly or your project is just going to thread and literally become a long piece of yarn. So a lot of people struggle with starting off their projects and I totally understand where you're coming from because I used to struggle all the time. But here are some do's and don'ts for starting your projects. So when you're starting a magic circle, it's complicated. It's very, very complicated, especially when it's your first time learning. I literally had to sit in the corner of my room and just keep practicing it for like 15 minutes until I finally got it. And I still struggle with magic circles today. But one thing you want to do is do it correctly. So today I'm going to tell you guys how to keep your magic circle from coming apart. So let's say you make your magic circle, you crochet six into there, and then you crochet your second row. Once you crochet your second row, you're not going to go to your third row yet, but now we're going to close up our magic circle. And a lot of people are like, what does that mean? You mean just sew it together? And the thing is, if you sew your magic circle together, that might work, but that's not the best thing to do if you want a really clean look. So here's what you're going to do. Do you see that loop in the back of your magic circle? Whenever you make a magic circle, there's always going to be a little loop hanging in the back. Now, what you don't want to do is pull that loop out. I cannot tell you how many times beginners are like, oh, there's a loop. Let me just pull that out really quickly. Like, oh my gosh, guys, please do not pull the loop. And here is why. That loop is the magic circle. If you pull that loop, your whole entire magic circle just got ruined. So what you're going to do is you're going to see a string hanging out. Now, 
a little tip is to remember that that string is also a part of the loop. So when you're pulling that string, you're pulling the loop tight. So instead of just pulling the loop out, we're going to pull the loop in. And we're pulling it in with the string. So grab the string with your hands or your fingers or whatever you use to grab a string. I don't know. People might use their teeth. So grab the string and pull the string. Pull the string. And you're going to notice that your loop is getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And then till it's completely gone. Once it's gone, congratulations because you just did your magic circle. Now, how do you know if you did it correctly? So to know if you did it correctly, basically just, you really just got to eyeball it and be like, did I do this magic circle correctly? And just look at it. If there's like a huge hole in the middle, then you can obviously tell that it's wrong. If there's, if the big loop is still there, you can obviously tell that it's wrong. Basically, you just want to have the start of your project closed and a string hanging out. And if that string's hanging out, then you're great. If there's still a loop there, you need to pull that string some more. Now, a tip for people who use blanket yarn, you got you want to be very gentle in pulling that string because if you pull too hard, it's going to snap and you're going to have to redo your magic circle. That happens to me like many, many times. And if you're using blanket yarn, you might want to start with the chain start. So the next do and don't is don't crochet into the front loops only for everything. So when a lot of people start crocheting, people always say, just crochet in the stitch. But if you're a new crocheter, you have no idea what a stitch is. When I first started, I was lucky to have my aunt to teach me and show me what a stitch is. But I know for a lot of you beginners, you're like, what is a stitch? I just see yarn. I just see like yarn there. Like, like what part is a stitch? So a lot of people would just end up going through the front loop only and be like, oh, this little line might be the stitch. There's a little hole there. My hook can fit in the hole, so I guess it's a stitch. That's only half of the stitch. You also got to go through the back loop. So what you're going to do is look right where that front loop is. Now, if you look very closely, you're going to see a little line next to that front loop. So what you're going to do is enter your hook in both of those loops, going under both of those loops. So what you're going to want to do is get your hook and enter it under both stitches. So you're going to go under the front loop and don't come back out, but keep going under and go under the back loop. Then what you're going to do is yarn over. So just grab your yarn, do your little thing. Then you're going to pull your loop out back from the bottom. Now you're just going to pull it through the back and the front loop. You're not going to go through only the back and stop halfway. If you do that, then you're going to mess up too. You want to pull your hook out of both loops. And once you do that, you can finish your stitch. Let's say it's a single crochet. We do a yarn over and go through both loops on our hook. But let's say we're doing a double crochet and we have to yarn over first. That's the same thing. What you want to do is yarn over, enter your hook under the front loop and the back loop, so both stitches, sorry, both loops, which makes a stitch. Yarn over, pull your hook out, yarn over, go through first two loops on hook, then yarn over and go through the last two loops on your hook. So the front loop and the back loop isn't two separate stitches. Those together actually create a stitch. So the front loop and the back loop isn't actually two separate stitches, they're just loops. But the two stitches combined actually creates a stitch. Think of it as a PB&J sandwich, okay? So we have our slice of bread with jelly and we got our slice of bread with peanut butter. So if they're not together, they're not a PB&J sandwich. It's just 
a slice of bread with jelly, and a slice of bread with peanut butter. But when we put them together, then we have a PB&J sandwich. So think of it as the same thing for your front and back loops. The front loop is the jelly, and the back loop is the peanut butter. But when we mix those loops together and go under both of the loops, then we have our PB&J sandwich, aka our stitch. Okay, but like, I feel like that was such a great analogy. I don't know. Y'all tell me. I'm proud of myself. I'm patting myself on the back for that. Okay, I pat myself on the back. Go team. So if you already crochet, you're probably saying, Caleb, everyone knew what you just talked about, about the front loop and back loops. You would be surprised how many times people ask me this. Somebody actually asked me this a couple hours before I recorded this, and that's the main reason why I just threw it in today's podcast, because I was like, people need to know this. This is something people need to know. And of course, when people DM me on Instagram, if you ever have questions, DM me on Instagram, I always answer them. But sometimes I'm just like, let me just answer them in the podcast too, so everyone can know. So now we started our project with our magic circle. We know how to crochet it. So what's the next step? Now, this step is something you do want to do, but most crocheters don't do. And when I say most crocheters, I'm including myself because I barely do this, and that is counting our stitches. Y'all, guys, we have to count our stitches. Now, even if you're making something super, super basic, like I make bees, and it's just one crochet, one single crochet in every single stitch, but I still have to count my stitches, and here is why. If you don't count your stitches, either A, your project's going to turn out different than you want it to, B, your project's going to turn out smaller or bigger than you would like it to be, or C, all of the above. (laughs) So what you guys want to do is, so what you guys need to do is count your stitches. So what I like to do for myself is if I'm doing one single crochet in every single row, I'm doing that for like the next 50 rows. I'll stop after every two or three rows and just count the stitches to make sure I'm on the right track. Now, making sure you're on the right track is a very good thing to do and a very good habit to pick up. Right now, I'm trying to reteach myself and regain back in the habit of counting your stitches because what I used to do is never count my stitches. And now if I'm doing like an increasing or decreasing, I'll count my stitches for that. But once it gets to just the one single crochet in every row, I don't even look at them once. I don't even count them once. And what I've noticed is that when I make harder projects, like I'm making a bucket hat and I'm doing an alpine stitch. And if you've done an alpine stitch with increases on a bucket hat, you know that it just breaks all the laws and physics of crocheting and all the rules. Even though crocheting doesn't really have rules, but we don't talk about that. That's for another time. So an alpine stitch basically is like breaking all the rules of crocheting. So basically, if I didn't count my stitches, it was going to be a complete waste of yarn, which it was because I did not count my stitches. So I was about, so I was basically done with the first part. You know, I covered my whole head, but then I was like, let me count these stitches really quickly because the design looks a little off. So I went ahead and counted my stitches and realized I messed up so bad. And when I say I mushed up so bad, I mean like it was a complete disaster. So what I had to do was frog my project row by row. And after every row, I would count it and I would see I either had too many stitches or not enough stitches. And I thought to myself, man, like what did I do here? So what I have learned is to now count my stitches. And it's the same thing for increases and decreases too. Crocheters, I know you don't want to. 
Okay, but listen to me. You need to count your increases and your decreases. If you do not count your increases and your decreases, your project is going to have lumps in some parts. It's going to be really flat and straight on some parts where you want it to go out. And it's just not going to look like what you envisioned. Now, I know you guys are like, I don't want to count it. I know what I'm doing. I made it before. Counting literally takes less than 30 seconds. And if it's something really, really large, then you probably should be counting it anyways. Because if you mess up, you're going to have to redo that whole entire project. So make sure you do count your stitches. So here is a don't. Don't under stuff. When people stuff their projects, they never, ever put enough stuff in. And I'm always like, guys, you need to put more stuffing, okay? Like, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this, but your project isn't stuffed. It's like a hollow, it's like half of it is stuffed and the rest of it is hollow. And I understand stuffing is hard because I always overstuff my projects. But like, you just need to look at it and be like, does it? Can can I fit more can I fit more stuffing in here? And if you can fit more stuffing in your project, your project probably needs a little bit more stuffing anyways. So here is a don't. You finished your project. We know how to we know how to start it. We know how to crochet it. But now we just finished it and closed it off. Now let's just cut the yarn. No 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 no. Do not do that. If you just willy nilly just cut the yarn, snippy snap, then your project is gonna be destroyed within seconds not even a minute within a second you can wear your project or squeeze it once and your project is going to de-thread so now you're probably wondering so you want me to just connect it to the yarn ball for the rest of my life there's actually a certain technique that us crocheters use all the time and it's low-key the most boringest part of your whole project but it's called sewing in your ends so a lot of times when people always tell me their project de-threads and stuff, I say, did you sew in your ends? And they're like, question mark, what is sewing in your ends? So if you want to sew in your ends like a pro, here's what you got to do. First, you're going to cut off your yarn a couple inches away from your project. I always suggest 12 or more if it's bigger. So you're going to snip your yarn. Then you're going to use a tapestry needle, which is also known as a yarn needle. And basically, you can buy these from Amazon or your local craft store. And basically, you're going to enter your yarn in that needle and start sewing in completely different directions. Now, you want these directions to be as abnormal as they can be because the purpose of sewing your ends in is to make sure that your project doesn't come out. So what I like to do is sew a square. I go left a couple of stitches. I go down. I go right a couple of stitches. And then I go up. And basically, you're just going in and out every other stitch. So enter your hook below under one stitch and then go over the next stitch. And just keep doing that until you feel like your project is secure enough and safe enough. Now, the next thing that I need you guys to do is freehand a project every once in a while. Now, a lot of people are like, I don't know how to write patterns. I'm not advanced. I can't freehand a project. I'm just going to use patterns. Guys freehanding a project literally isn't even that hard you just gotta freehand something that's easy for you so for me I know so much about amigurumi and so much about hats so I'm always freehanding amigurumi and freehanding hats so some reasons why you should freehand is one you really get to test yourself and see how much can I do without instructions two you can make anything you want 
any way you want and really challenge your creativity and see how much can I do. And lastly, it really builds self-confidence. And when I say self-confidence, I mean confidence in your crocheting. When I first started crocheting, even a couple months ago, people would always send me pictures and say, Kilo, can you crochet this? And I would always be like, no, that's way too hard. That's too hard. There's not even a pattern for that. I can't make that. Sorry. But now if they send me a picture, I'm like, yeah, I can make that. And they have a pattern on it. But guess what? I don't need a pattern. I don't need no pattern. And it's going to look good too. And that's the self-confidence that I have built over time from freehanding. Now, another reason why freehanding is good, because it teaches yourself how to design by your own and even write patterns. So in the future, I've talked about this before, but like sometime in the next two years, I want to release a pattern book. So the way that I'm training myself right now is I'm currently freehanding projects and I'm writing patterns out for them and I'm putting them on my Instagram and And I'm putting them on my Instagram and Pinterest for free. Now, so far I only have one pattern out, which is an Among Us plushie. And that's a very, very basic pattern. There's nothing hard to it. It's super basic. Now, I'm doing another thing with a duck pattern that I made. And it's going to be released this week. And this pattern is also very simple, very basic. And it's very easy and very beginner friendly. But the reason I'm doing this is slowly over time, you guys are going to see my patterns get more complex, get more hard, and see how I'm growing with my own freehanding. And at the same time, you're going to be growing with your crocheting skills because with each one of my patterns, you're going to be learning something new. And that's the goal, honestly. I want every pattern to have something different that the last one didn't, expanding your crocheting knowledge. And a lot of you guys are probably like, I want to write my own crochet patterns too. Who wants to pay for patterns all the time? Also, quick tip, Pinterest and YouTube got free patterns and tutorials. But people are always like, I don't want to pay for patterns. I would rather just write my own, but I have no idea how to do it. Freehanding will teach you how to make your own patterns. And the best way to learn how to make your own patterns and how to freehand is to crochet projects from other patterns. And don't be like, Caleb, you just said freehand. Now you want me to read the project? Make up your mind. Basically, over time, as you progress and start reading new patterns and see new things, Those get locked into your brain, especially depending on how many times you do it. Now, I know how to crochet a cube. I know how to crochet a spear. If if I want to make, let's say, a hippo, I know how to get the right... I know how to make the snout. I know how to make the ears. I know how to make the body go in from out to in. I know how to connect the legs on. Basically, that's what reading other patterns is going to help you do. And let's say you're reading a pattern on how to make an avocado. So you're like... Oh, increasing and then decreasing and going up and down and side to side and all that stuff is going to give me the avocado shape. So let's say the next day you want to crochet something that has a similar shape to an avocado. Well, now you know how to make a shape like that because you just learned the other day. You're going to increase and go up and down and decrease and side in, out and all of that other stuff that's going to get you the perfect shape that you want. So trust me on this and please start freehanding some projects, okay? It's, it'll be fun. And don't stress out about it because crocheting is for fun. So guys, I actually have a pretty funny don't. And that is don't underestimate the amount of yarn that you are going to need. And I can't even tell you guys how many times I bought yarn for a project and it wasn't enough. I'm on like the third to last row and I'm out of yarn. I remember this one time I was crocheting a blanket and I had two stitches left 
and I ran out of yarn. And I had to go to Joanne's and buy a new skin of yarn just to do two stitches. It was the most funniest thing ever because I was like, should I just finish the two stitches? Should I just keep it like that and say that's a design? Should I just fill it in and maybe no one's going to notice? But I just ended up buying another color because I was like, I can make the blanket even larger now that I have more colors. But the moral of the story is don't underestimate the amount of yarn you're going to need. If you're making a big project, it's always good to look up another project that's similar to yours and see how much yardage they used. So while I was at Joanne's the other day, actually yesterday, when me and my mom had the whole little tug of war thing, she wanted to make a baby blanket for her friend. So I went on my phone and I pulled up some different baby blankets and we saw how much yardage is usually used in a baby blanket. And it was about 1,020, if I can remember exactly, or like 1,080. But the point is, we just we knew that we needed to get around 1,000 yards of yarn. So we got our skeins and we were good to go. Now, what I should have did was play tug of war with her and made her put her yarn back because she made me put mine back. But we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that, guys, okay? You know, I really want the yarn. And the yarn is now there. And now I have to come back to Joanne's and buy the yarn for full price. Who buys full price yarn? Like, full price yarn is nasty. It's nasty. Okay, I just realized I got off track. Like, like really off track. Like, we, we went, like, like, we were supposed to go on the left lane. And we went all the way to the right lane and jumped off the bridge. And, like, I don't even know. So, what were we even talking about? Um... Oh yeah, don't underestimate the amount of yarn you're going to need. So as I said before, look up how much yardage for projects that are similar to yours and that will kind of give you an estimate. And if you even look at your yarn label when you buy your yarn, it's going to say like 300YD or 600YD and that's the yardage. So keep that in mind next time you want to freehand your own project. See what I did there? Not me trying to influence you to freehand your own project, but like go freehand your own project. Okay. Okay, guys, so here's a really obvious don't. Don't steal people's patterns and publish them as your own. Like, this is theft, and people, like, get in serious trouble for this. What people will do is they will buy someone's pattern off of Etsy. That's, like, $2. They'll download the PDF, copy the PDF to the T, put the exact same notes, exact same punctuation, space out the words exactly and just change like one row in the middle so instead of 11 single crochets they'll put nine single crochets one increase and keep everything the same and then they publish the pattern claiming it's their own and like sell it for like ten dollars like guys we can't do that that's stealing people's patterns now if you want to buy their pattern and crochet something with it that's totally great you don't even have to like say oh, I crocheted this from a pattern by that by this person. You don't even have to say that. You can just crochet it and post it online if you want. But like, if you're going to steal someone's pattern, that's illegal. Let's not do that, guys. But one thing I do suggest is, if you want to make an animal that's similar to theirs, maybe ask them for some pattern writing tips and see what they give you because you never know. So I wanted to end today's podcast on a positive note because, you know, our last topic was some illegal stuff so i was i need to do one more do and i think this is the best do out of all the do's and that is at least once a year 
go have a yarn haul. Okay, guys. And I know you're like, I don't have money like that. Sell some of your projects and save the money from it. So let's say you sell like three projects that can maybe be like $50 and go on a $50 yarn haul. Or maybe you only, maybe you sell your projects and you have like 20 bucks. Go on a $20 yarn haul and wait till they have a big sale and do yarn haul then. Because a yarn haul is fun. And then you have yarn for so many more projects that you want to make. And just the whole experience just makes you all, it makes you feel all jelly inside. Just, just think about it. Wait. <laughs> like I'm reflecting on my past yarn haul and that was like the funnest time I had. It was like going to Disney World. Like I had so much fun. Now we're not going to talk about the part where we had to play tug of war with my mom. Why do I keep bringing that part up? It's just, she made me put the yarn back. She made me put the yarn back. And I had to go through my cart and go through all the colors and say, okay, I guess I can put this one back. I guess I guess I can put this one back. I guess so. Oh, and, uh, I have two greens. I guess I can put one green back. Even though they're different shades. And I, try, I, try, I told her they're different shades. She says, okay, put one back. But it's fine. So yes, guys, what, something you need to do is treat yourself to a small or big yarn haul at least once a year. I think I've done a yarn haul twice in my life. I did one in the summer and then I did one yesterday and I was pretty proud of myself because I only spent $37 yesterday, which is actually not that much money. So next time they have the yarn for $1, I'm, my goal is to fill up three carts or two carts. This time I, I filled up one cart and only spent 37 So have a yarn haul, have a yarn haul guys. It's so much fun. So I really hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. It was kind of last minute written because if you remember from my last podcast, I said I was going to bring on a guest today, but something came up and we're trying to schedule it for next week's podcast. So stay tuned for that because it's my first guest. So it's really exciting. But today's podcast was kind of planned out three hours before I recorded it. I didn't really have an outline or anything. So I'm just kind of going off of what I remembered. I was actually planning it out while I walked Nala, my dog. If you, if you guys follow my Instagram, you've probably seen her many, many times. But um, this is the end of the podcast. If you guys could please consider downloading today's episode and maybe the other episodes if you haven't, I would really appreciate it. Downloading this episode really helps me so, so much. So please download this episode if you liked it. And while you're downloading it, please consider rating today's podcast and subscribing. Now, I know you guys got some stuff to do, and I hope it's freehanding a project and not playing tug of war with your parents to buy yarn. So I'm going to let you guys go. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.